Meditate on this. Under his covering of majesty and hide, his arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, Thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest. Well, we are glad that you're here this morning at Victory Christian Fellowship. And if you're watching online, we say hello and welcome to you as well. It's a good day. The Bible says that God made this day and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the mighty creator. You created everything seen and unseen, Lord, and we give you glory and honor and praise. We, 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 we celebrate the work of your hands. And Lord, we, we praise the name of Jesus and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who ever will be. He opened the prison door. He parted the raging sea. 
worship in this place this morning. Oh, your name is greater than any other name. We worship you in this place. Come on, just lift your hands. Just lift your hands and worship. We worship you in this house. This is your place of meeting. This is your place of meeting with us, Lord. We're here to hear from your voice. We come with expectation. We come and we worship as your family together, Lord. We come and we hold each other up. We thank you, Lord, for this atmosphere that you have created for us to dwell in your presence, Lord. We worship you in this house. Come on, just give us some worship this morning. You don't need a song to worship him. Just give him your words. What are you thankful for? What are you grateful for? What has he done in your life? your presence in this atmosphere. We want your manifested presence among us here today, Lord. As your children, we ask. We ask for more, Lord. The atmosphere is changing. Nothing stays the same. Heaven is waiting. For the mention of the day, your spirit is moving, it's burning like a flame, healing the broken by the one we proclaim. Raise it up, fill the sky, chains will fall, mountains move.
thank you for showing yourself strong to us. We thank you for your holy, awesome presence in this place. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty touch, which can change our circumstance in an instant. And Lord, we thank you for your glory, your majesty, your splendor, the brightness of your presence. Oh, we give you thanks and praise that you are here. You are with us. You are for us. And no one can be against us. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Bless your holy and wonderful name. Praise the name of Jesus. We lift you up in this place, oh Lord God. that we know God by is everything that he does and more. Lord, we thank you that you are here in our midst and we thank you for speaking to us. There is a path that I have made for you. It's a right path. It's a straight path. It's a narrow path. And it's a smooth path. Walk on that path with me. Take my hand and you will see. The goodness and the blessing of God is for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Well, you may have your seats. You're in the right place today at the right time. We serve a good, good God. You know, at different times, God revealed different names because that's what they needed to know in that moment. And revelation is a progressive thing. We're going to declare the power of the blood. How many know there's power in the blood? Amen. Amen. So let's uh, make our confession together about the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. His blood contains the life and love of God. The blood of Jesus is more precious than silver and gold. For he is the unblemished and spotless Lamb of God. Through his blood we are forgiven and we we have have been fully fully redeemed from from sin. The blood of Jesus is a shelter of divine protection all around us, and we are kept safe from our enemy. 
We have faith in the blood of God's Son because it freed us from the guilt of sin. It makes us acceptable to God and grants us eternal life. Jesus, filled with the fullness of God, has reconciled us to himself and given us peace through the blood of his cross. Through Christ's blood, we receive mercy, we are born again, we have a living hope, and we have obtained an inheritance from God. The blood of Christ through the eternal Holy Spirit has cleansed our consciences from dead works and has enabled us to serve the ever-living God. We can confidently and freely enter God's throne room by the blood of Jesus. We can come before God in truth, sincerity, and confident faith. Jesus granted us access to this holy place when he died on the cross. We overcome the accusations of the devil by the blood of the Lamb and our own personal testimony. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning. The house is full of joy, not just this house, but this house, because we're the house of the Lord. Yeah, we are full of joy. Woo-hoo. So I'm so glad to see each one of you here. If you can't jump for joy or leap for joy, you can shout for joy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so tomorrow, Monday, Pastor Doug is going to be speaking at Dr. Yeager's Jesus is Lord Ministries International at 2 p.m. So you can listen, especially if you have a Rumble account, you can listen there. But if you go to Jesus is Lord Ministries International, it will direct you directly to the place to listen. So we want to hear what Pastor Doug has prepared for this region. And he's releasing it tomorrow at 2 p.m. Praise the Lord. Woohoo! Okay. Then, Dr. Fiona's new book. Hallelujah. Look at this. Removing is written in red. Blind spots is written big in the center. And then, for a limitless, limitless life. Do you want a limitless life? Try to say that three times. (laughs) Yes. So we are removing the blind spots in our life. And we are living a limitless life. Listen to this. This is just a glimpse. This book will revolutionize your thinking. That's all we need to know. We need a revolution on our thinking, right? It will give you insight into belief systems that have trapped you into mediocrity. Oh, we don't want to stay there, right? And good enough thinking. Oh, God doesn't have good enough. 
He's more than enough. Woo! Okay, that's the uh, second sentence. If you've been searching for a way out of settling and you're ready to soar. Oh, I like that phrase. Are you ready to soar? Woo! We're going to fly. All right, this book is for you. And maybe you know someone else. Buy a couple copies. And they're on Amazon, so you can, like, send them to different addresses just with the click. Or you can get them right here at our bookstore. And then it says, ha find solutions that work. I mean, this is a good book. I'm sold. Get free to think bigger than you've thought before. I mean, can you feel your brain starting to work here? Woohoo! <laughs> no matter what your level now, it's time for more. Aha! <laughs> All right, Nate, you got this book? Yeah, you look like you got it. So you can get it in the bookstore, you can get it online. Those that like to read online, it's on Kindle, right? All right, so there you go. This book is for you and everyone you know. Think bigger. We're not just going to buy one copy. We're thinking bigger. Buy several copies and share it. And then, you know, we'll be like road signs. Because then we'll be living it. And people will ask you, what has happened to you? You'll have some copies on hand. All right. Okay, so that's Dr. Fiona and Pastor Doug for today and tomorrow. I mean, this you could read this today. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. And then Melissa and I have been preparing for the Woven Conference yesterday, and we got so excited just preparing. Can you imagine, like, actually being here? Oh, ladies, ages 12 and up, this Friday and Saturday, Women's Conference, Healing and Restoration, and our guest speaker, speakers, Dr. Fiona and Pastor Patty Akui, you do not want to miss this. We are going to, like, you think it's full of joy now? You're going to be smiling. Your, like, cheek muscles are going to grow. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll probably have to provide some, like, moisture for our teeth because, you know, when you smile a lot, it gets stuck up there. <laughs> so fun you ladies are going to have the time of your life so come on out healing and restoration is a flowing of the life of god in and through us so um sign up online in the bookstore if you hear about this on friday come to the door we'll let you in ladies okay don't say oh well i didn't register i will welcome you with a big smile, because I'm so excited. And we ha- have a silent auction. I was doing that on um, Friday. I was having so much fun traveling to local businesses. Our local businesses are excited to support what we're doing here. They're excited to support Blessed Children Home. We are gathering so many goodies for you to bid on in the silent auction. I don't know the details of how that works, but a silent auction is fun. Yeah, you get to, like, you know, have fun purchasing. You're not just, like, walking up to the counter and saying, yeah, I would like this. No, you're like, hmm, look at these goodies. So we have, oh, I have so many. It's going to be fun. 
And we're going to have, oh, we have some surprises. We're having so much fun. It was so fun just buying tablecloths, ladies. <laughs> this is just going to be infused with fun. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Laughter is medicine. If nothing else, just come smile and laugh. All right? All right. Thank you for laughing with me. We're just going to go spread this joy everywhere. You don't want to miss it. God bless you. And Jesus loves you. <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, on Monday I'll be in Gettysburg. Um, Dr. Yeager, he's having holy, uh, let's see, daily miracle and healing services at 10, 2, and 6. So uh, thank God for radical people. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, before we dismiss the kids, I want to read something to you from Genesis 26. This is just priming the pump. You know, the old time hand cranks, you had to prime it a couple pumps before the water would start to flow. Genesis 26, starting with verse 1. Talking about Isaac, there was a famine in the land. You know what? It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. You've got to take time to listen to God's voice. Because the devil would like you to get focused on your circumstances so that you're not listening to God's voice. So a famine is a uh, crisis time. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Now, in the first famine, Abraham went to Egypt to get get out of the famine's uh, reach. So look at verse 2. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Hallelujah. Do not go down to Egypt... Live in the land which I shall tell you. So here's a famine, a crisis situation, and Isaac could have easily done what he saw his father do, but God's word came. Hallelujah. All right? Thank you for that word. So uh, the, the, the word of the Lord said in verse 3, dwell in this land. And I will be with you. Would he, would he have been with him in Egypt? No. Because he said, dwell in this land and I'll be with you. I thought God's with us everywhere. He is everywhere, but he's not manifesting everywhere. If you want him to manifest, be where he tells you to be. And I will be with you and bless you. For you and your descendants, I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply. 
as the stars of heaven, I will give your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Verse 6, so Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Did he obey the word of the Lord? Yes, he did. God said, dwell here. Isaac said, I'm staying here. Because he wanted the Lord to be with him, right? Listen, you got to let God make the plans. Amen? Okay, now go down to verse 12. This is after some time has passed. Okay? So, um, uh, Isaac sowed in that land. The land where God told him to be. The place where God told him to be. And reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Everybody say a hundredfold. So if you want a hundredfold, you got to sow. You can't get a hundredfold. You get zerofold if you don't sow. Okay? And uh, he began to prosper. The Lord blessed him and he began to prosper. Wasn't Isaac prosperous to begin with? Wasn't he the sole heir of Abraham? Was Abraham rich? So what does it mean he began to prosper? Now he's prospering on his own, not just on his, what was given to him. Amen. He's got his own revelation. Right? He's doing his own thing. For note, note, now notice the levels. God's in the levels. He's more than enough. He's El Shaddai. Right? Okay. Level one, begin to prosper. God wants you to prosper. Did God get upset that Isaac was prospering? No, he was the source of it. He was the cause of it. Okay. And continued prospering. That's level two. You begin and you continue. It, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, start and stop. Amen? Until he became, this is third level. This is God level. Until he became very prosperous. I want to go from beginning to very. Amen? Okay? Then he said he had possessions of flocks. I'm emphasizing the plural. And possessions of herds and a great number of servants. Oh, y'all get more excited about that. That's less housework. Had a great number of servants. His servants could take care of things. Why? So, so Isaac could sow. Isaac could spend time with Rebecca. Come on. Had a great number of servants. We got to get bigger vision. You know, God wants you to have a toilless victory. Martha was too caught up in the daily activities. And she was missing the better part. God wants you to have the better part. Okay? So the Philistines envied him. When you prosper like God wants you to prosper, people will envy you. you got to be prepared with that. Even Jesus said, you'll be blessed with persecution. Can you handle the persecution? Yes, I can. Bring it on. Amen? Now the Philistines stopped up all the wells which his father's servants has dug. Now, if you have a lot of cattle and sheep and you stop and you get well stopped up, that's a, 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 a break in your business, right? That's an attack on your income. The enemy was attacking Isaac's income. Why? Because of envy and jealousy. All right? And, uh, and Abimelech said to Isaac, now, 
Abimelech was the king. Our king's pretty good and well off. Listen to this king, okay? And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Whoa. How how did Isaac get mightier than the king? Because of God. God did it. God was with him. God blessed him. God prospered him. God will be with you. God will bless you. And God will prosper you. All you got to do is listen to him. That's it. Be where he wants you to be. Do what he wants you to do. Okay? Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley and dwelt there. All right? And then, so, there is a hundredfold return. There is a return in giving for, for God. God blesses his people for giving. Why? The Bible said so. How many believe the Bible? The Bible is what? It's all? We, we say that at Bible Adventure, I don't know how many times, but the Bible is all true. Right? It actually said what it, it actually meant what it said. God didn't, God didn't have to say, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to change that thought. No. God doesn't have to change his thought. Right? So, in your giving today, you're sowing for a purpose. You're sowing because you love God. Amen? Not out of uh, grudgingly or necessity. It's out of love. But when you sow, be prepared for an increase. Amen? And if you're watching online, you can uh, sow through our website. If you're here, you can sow anytime. In the seed containers there, uh, or if you need, you know, we've got the ways, if you want, if there's ways you want to give, we got it covered except for texting, which will come. We, we're not there yet, but that'll come. Amen. So, Father, I'm so grateful and thankful that you have blessed every giver and their gifts of VCF, Lord. And we give them into your kingdom with joy, with praise unto you, and out of a heart full of love. And we thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you give us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to have our kids' life, kids living in faith every day. Kids, you ready? Teachers, you ready? All right, we're going to dismiss you. Have a good class. Let the Holy Ghost flow in kids' life. Kids ought to be coming downstairs drunk in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Well, you ready for the word this morning? Hallelujah. Today, I'm going to emphasize five words. And you're going to hear those words over and over and over today. Those five words are, it's what the Bible says. Say that with me. Say, it's what the Bible says. Okay? If you, if you ever wondered why we do what we do, it's because it's the, the Bible says it. It's what the Bible says. We endeavor to put into practice what God says. I mean, do you think I just came up with this idea of having a service every week, twice a week, more than twice a week? No, this is God's idea. Do you think man just came up with the idea of church? No. The head of the church, Jesus, he came up with the idea. It's what the Bible says. Say it again. Say it's what the Bible says. All right. Go with me to John chapter 1. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost already gave me an addition. It's not in my notes. Praise the Lord. 
John chapter 1, and I want you to look at verse 1. John 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the what? Everything starts with the word. The word is the foundation. The word is the source code. The word is what everything we see and don't see originated. How did God create the world? He used what? Words. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. So the word must be someone different than God because the word was with God. Right? And the word was God. Woo! The word is multifaceted. He, look at verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. Who was in the beginning with God? J-E-S-U-S. Before he was J-E-S-U-S, he was W-O-R-D. Before he was J-E-S-U-S, he was W-O-R-D. With a capital W. Right? Why? Because in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. The Word has creative ability. It can make things. It can produce things. It can cause things that weren't seen to be seen. Amen? All things, how many things? Were created by the word. And without him, nothing was made that was made. God did nothing without the word. God himself abides by the word. God never departs from his own word. He never does anything different than his own word. God does what he said he was going to do. Before God did it, he said it. And because he said it, he's going to do it. Because that's how he is. In him was life. Ooh, the word contains life. Did you know that Proverbs said, if you find the word, you find life and health to all your flesh. Say, there's life in the word. I thought life was a cereal. No, life's in the word. Amen. And the life was the light of man. Is the word a light? Oh yeah, the, the, your light has been turned on today. You don't got to plug in this light. It just, it just generates light. The word is light. Okay? And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Hallelujah, darkness doesn't have a clue. What the light is or how it operates or how it functions. Glory to God. But every believer has been designed and equipped to walk and live in the light. Okay? All right? And uh, that was the true light. Well, um, verse 7, there came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. That was John. John bore witness of the light. He was pointing people to the light. That was his job. 
He was not that light, but was bear, was to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. Woo, glory to God. There's the true light, which gives light to every man coming in the world. And you know what the Bible says? God's word or the spirit of God is the candle of man and he shines on the inward parts. Glory to God. Okay. Now let's go down to verse 14. And the word became flesh. The word can become things. It can transform things. When a sick person hears the word, they can become healed. Why? There's health in the word. There's life in the word. There's strength in the word. There's creative ability in the word. Okay? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. The word is chock full of grace and truth. The word is truth. Amen? Okay. I want you to go to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to ask you some questions. And the response is, it's what the Bible says. How do you like that? You're getting a pop quiz and you already got the answer. You guys are destined to get A plus, right? Luke chapter 4, glory to God, and uh, I want you to look at verse 18, I'm, I'm sorry, 16, Luke 4, verse 16, this is talking about Jesus, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, everybody say his custom. What is that? His habit, his way of living. It's just something that he did often and regular. Okay? As his custom was, he went into the synagogue. Now, when Jesus walked the earth, there was no such thing as a church. Because the church had not existed yet. There were synagogues. They were Jewish places of worship. They worshipped Judaism. They they read from the, the law and the prophets. That's all that they had. They didn't have the New Testament. It hadn't been written yet. But So Jesus went to the regular place of worship that was in his culture, the synagogue. All right? And on the Sabbath day... And stood up to read. Everybody say read. Read. Jesus read scriptures. Now is it, is it, is it something if he asked us to read scriptures? He did it himself. Amen. Say God loves when I read scripture. Yeah. Because that nourishes your spirit. We have to become readers. I'm not a good reader. God can help you with that. The Holy Ghost can heal you from that. Amen? I was never a good student. You can become a good student. Amen? Is anything too hard for God? Okay. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. So back then, they didn't have books. They had scrolls. So he... And they didn't have chapter and verse. 
That was added later when they started printing Bibles. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place. Everybody say, he found the place. He knew where to look. Why? This wasn't the first time he read it. What was significant about this passage of Isaiah? It's where he found his call. Okay? So the question I want to ask you is this. How did Jesus know what he was called to do? It's what the Bible says. All right, let's try that again. How did Jesus know what he was called to do? It's what the Bible says. It was written in the book of the prophet Isaiah. John found his calling in Isaiah too. I found my calling in Galatians. Amen? Galatians 3.29. If you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Why do you think we have celebrate inheritance? Because of Galatians 3.29. God gave that to me out of his book. Why? Because it's what the Bible says. So I'm not going to go into all this, but Jesus started reading, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to do things. Where did he find that? He found that where it was written. Where was it written? In the book of Isaiah. It's what the Bible says. Jesus found his calling because of what the Bible says. Amen? When God calls you, he's going to give you a scripture too. Amen? For whatever he's called you to do. All right? All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 21. You, you guys are doing great on your pop quiz. All right? We got a few more questions. All right, then we're going to get to the heart of the matter. Okay? Matthew 21, verse 42. And... Uh, Jesus is talking to some Pharisees. They were the teachers of the law. They should have known some things. Apparently they didn't know too much. Okay? So, uh, they, they, let me just read what they said to him. Verse 41. They said to him, he will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render him the fruits. Now look at verse 42. Jesus responds, And he said, have you never read in the, what? In the scriptures. Okay? Jesus is the word made flesh, and he always points people to the word that his father said. Okay? Have you not read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and and it is marvelous in our eyes. Why did people reject Jesus as their cornerstone? It's what the Bible says. Come on, you got to be with me now. Let's pick up the pace, all right? The answer to every question is, it's what the Bible says. So there's no question going to take you by surprise. Okay? This is a quotation. Jesus quoted Scripture. When he preached, he quoted Scripture. When he taught, he quoted scripture. When he preached, he read scripture. This is, why do we do what we do? It's what the Bible says. This is fun. I'm having a good time. This is a quote from Psalm 118.22. We don't have to turn there. You can just write it down. It's a quote from Psalm 118.22. Also, in Isaiah, 
8, verse 14, he, t- he says, Then he shall be a sanctuary, but to both the houses of Israel, a stone on which to stumble and a rock on which to trip. And also in Daniel 2.34, you remember Daniel's vision where uh, Nebuchadnezzar had the dream of this statue? It was different. It was gold. It was silver. It was bronze, right? And then there was a stone from heaven that came and crushed it and, and it made it like dust and the wind carried it, right? Jesus is that rock, okay? So why did the people reject Jesus as chief cornerstone? It's what the Bible says. All right. Go to Matthew 26. I'm just setting you up till we get to the heart of the matter here. Matthew 26 and verse 31. Matthew 26 and verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is what? Written. Where was it written? It was written in the scripture. I I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And that's a quote from Zechariah 13.7. Okay? So the question is, why did Jesus' followers fall away because of Jesus? It's what the Bible says. Okay. You You guys are doing fantastic. You're awesome. Okay? Go to Matthew 16:21. Matthew 16 and verse 21. And notice what Jesus, he is preparing his disciples ahead of time. Okay? Matthew 16:21 from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. And suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Why was he saying that? Because that's what was written about him. He had to suffer. He had to die. Why? It was written about him. Jesus does the word. Jesus did everything that was written about him. He performs the word. He lives by the word. He abided, he he abode in the word. Okay? But he was the word. He was the word, but he abides by the word. This is how important the word is. The word is important. Okay? So the question is, why was Jesus betrayed and arrested? Yes. And he said that many times to his disciples. He said that at least three times at different times. How he was going to suffer, die, be killed, be buried, and raise again. That's the gospel. All right? And still, even though he told them many times when it happened, they were surprised by it. Because they didn't, they didn't grasp what he was saying at the time until after the fact. I'm like, oh, now we remember what he said. Right? Okay. So, go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 and verse 49. Are you having fun yet? 
Why are we having fun? Why do we express joy? Because the Bible talks about joy. Why do we give God praise? Because the Bible says to praise him. Why do we do what we do? Because the Bible says so. Right? It's what the Bible says. Told you, I'm going to emphasize those five words. You're going to walk out of here today. It's what the Bible says. You're going to be doing whatever you do tomorrow, and someone's going to ask you a question. You're going to, it's what the Bible says. It needs to just come out of us like a habit. We shouldn't even think about it. The words should just flow out of us. That's as if, that's if you're putting it in you. You know, God can't, listen, if there's no oil in the ground, you can't extract it. There has to be oil in the ground in order for it to be extracted. If, if the word wants to come out of you, you've got to put it inside of you. God won't take out of you what's not in you. Amen? So if you want the word to come out of you in greater levels, you've got to put it in you in greater levels. Amen? Okay, Luke eleven forty nine. Okay, yeah, Luke eleven forty nine. All right. Therefore, the wisdom of God also said, "I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute." Why? Uh, why were the, some prophets and apostles killed and persecuted? It's what the Bible says. All right? Because he said the wisdom of God said, the wisdom of God is also the word of God. Right? And uh, see, God knows all, God sees all, God hears all, and God predicted it. He wrote it, and it occurred. That's what happens. Did you know that God will send his word somewhere and it will not return void unto him? It will accomplish what he set it out to do. And since God's eternal, there's no time frame on his word. There's no expiration date on his word. As far as God was concerned, God said, I'm going to make you Abram. I'm going to make Abram a father of many nations. As far as he was concerned, he had children. But it took Abraham 25 years to see the manifestation of it. For 25 years to God, that's like a minute. Probably even less. Amen? God's eternal. As long as he said it, the possibility of it happening exists. Because God God cannot lie. He cannot lie. What he said is so. Now, we may not see some things that he said, but what he said is so. Amen? Okay. Go to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Look at verse 15. Well, uh, let's back up and go to verse 13. John chapter 2, verse 13. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had, when he had made a whip of cords, everybody say a whip. 
You think Jesus meant business? He's about to whip it. Whip it good. He's about to create a miracle whip. Right? He made a whip. He drove them all out of the temple and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. I thought Jesus was came to give peace. He also came to bring judgment. They were misusing the temple. Okay? It become a business instead of a place of worship. Nothing wrong with business, but do business where business occurs and do worship where worship occurs, right? Okay? And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Verse 17, then his disciples remembered that it was what? Written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. That is Psalm 69.9. So they realized that he was cleansing the temple because it was written that the temple was going to be cleansed. The zeal of his house was going to consume him. Right? Jesus did it. Why? Because it was written. Because God's word is eternal. God's word is forever. God's word is, is, is the standard. It's the foundation. Okay? Go to 1 Corinthians 15. We just celebrated this day. 1 Corinthians 15. And look at verse 3. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to what? The Scriptures. This was God's plan all along. When did God come up with this plan? When man fell. He had this plan in place even before man fell. He knew what was going to happen. He sees the end before the beginning. So Jesus died and rose again because it was written about him. Okay? For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried and he rose again to the third, the third day according to the scriptures. Everybody say, according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. And that's Isaiah 53, 5 through 12. All right. And Psalm 16, 9 and 10. All right. So those are the scriptures that wrote about his suffering and his overcoming of death. Amen. Okay. And uh, we'll go to one more. We'll go to John chapter 12. Right. I'm just I'm laying a solid foundation. If Jesus did the word, then it's nothing for us to do the word. He's not telling us to do something that he didn't do himself. You you have never read in the Gospels where God said and Jesus said, oh, no, Father, I have another opinion. No, or I have another plan or I have another way of doing things. No, no, no. Everything Jesus said, everything Jesus did, 
He, he heard what his father said. He saw what his father did. And he did those things. He did not do his own thing. He did not give his own opinion. Amen? He was the perfect representative. He is the God-man. He's 100% God, 100% man. He is the mediator between God and man, Christ Jesus. Right? He has both nature. He is divine and he is human. He was 100% human just like you and I. He experienced everything that humans do. Jesus burped. Oh. How could you say that about Jesus? He's so holy. Yeah, well. <laughs> Thank you for that holy grunt. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just pointing out that Jesus was human. I'm, I'm giving you an extreme example, but that Jesus was just as human as you are. He did things as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. He laid aside his d- divinity. He talks about that in Philippians. He laid aside his, his, his ability. Even though he was God, he didn't operate like God. He operated like a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, just like you and I are supposed to operate. He came to show us how to do it properly. Adam failed. Jesus succeeded. Amen? All right, John twelve twelve. John twelve twelve. Hallelujah. I'm still having fun. Okay. The next day, John 12, 12, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, set on it, As it is what? Written. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Why did Jesus ride a donkey while the people shouted Hosanna? It's what the Bible says. You guys got an A plus. You have passed the test. Okay? And uh, that is uh, Psalm 118.26 and Zechariah 9.9. And, and those were written hundreds of years before Jesus was on the scene. But yet Jesus fulfilled words that were written hundreds of years before he was on the scene. That's how powerful the word is. Amen? Amen. You know, the scriptures are all about Jesus. Right? The ark that Noah built, that was a picture of Jesus and him saving humanity. Right? The tabernacle that Moses built was a picture of Jesus and how we can worship him in the Holy of Holies and how he's our great high priest and he can make atonement for our sins. Every item in that tabernacle that was built by man was a picture of Jesus. The bronze serpent that Moses raised on a pole speaks of Jesus. Jesus said in John, he said, just as the serpent in the wilderness was lifted up, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. See, sin has a sting to it. Sin is poisonous. And when the people complained, snakes came into the camp. They were bitten by fiery serpents. People were dying. If you stay in sin, you'll die. Sin is destructive. 
But God told Moses to put a bronze serpent on a pole. Hallelujah. We can tread on serpents and scorpions. And he lifted it up. He said, everyone that looks to that will be saved. Everyone who looked to that bronze serpent, not a glance, but a stare, a a glare. It's, It's an intense look. They were healed of the serpent's bite. They were healed from sin. It's a type and a shadow. Okay? The rock that watered Israel, the two rocks, one was struck, one was spoken to. First Corinthians says that rock in the wilderness was Christ. Why? He's your source of satisfaction. He's your source of supply. He can supply you what you need in a barren place. The scapegoat that was had hands laid on it on the Day of Atonement and it was released into the wilderness, it was designed to carry the sin away. Jesus is our scapegoat. Why? He took our sin away. That, that scapegoat speaks of Jesus. The Passover lamb speaks of Jesus. Death couldn't cross the bloodline. The angel of death... When it saw blood on the house, it could not go in. It was, it was unable to go in. The covenant that God established with Abraham speaks of Jesus. Why? He's our covenant maker. He's our covenant keeper. Amen? The prophets prophesied about Jesus. The psalmist praised Jesus. Glory to God. Now, go to John, four, John chapter 5. We're getting into the heart of the matter now. It only took a few minutes. John chapter 5 and verse 46. If you believed Moses, you would believe me for he what? He wrote about me. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Thousands of years before Jesus was on the scene, but Moses wrote about him. That's how powerful the word is. Amen? Okay, go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And look at verse 4. Romans 15, verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Through the patience of what? Of Scriptures. You know, you can get hope by reading God's Word. Your situation can change by reading God's word. By reading God's word, you can get the help that you need. Verse 5, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All right. Go, go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
And we're going to see the importance of the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Say the Word of God is important. All right. All right. We're going to start with verse 10. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. But you have carefully followed my doctrine. Doctrine is teaching. Okay? How do we have to follow teaching? Carefully. You have to listen to it. You have to pay attention to it. Why? So that you could do it. God doesn't give us doctrine just to have doctrine. He gives us doctrine to do. What's the first two letters of the word doctrine? Do. Everybody, hallelujah. I just saw that right now. And manner of life. That's example, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. You know, People ought to be able to follow the fruit you produce. Boy, she's a patient person. Boy, you're, you're a patient person. Boy, you're a long-suffering person. Boy, you're a joyful person. That's all fruit. You know, we ought to be able to produce fruit that people can follow. Fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Verse 11, persecutions, afflictions. How do you handle persecution? Do you become unraveled? Or do you become a praise person? You can either do two things when you suffer persecution. You can complain or praise. One's going to keep you, keep, keep the persecution on. The other one's going to get you out with victory. All right. Which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Can you say, out of them all? Listen, you're going to face persecution, but you've got the Lord who will deliver you out of them all. Let the persecutors come. Why? You've got the Lord. You've got the living word. You've got the word in your heart. Hallelujah. That will get you through. Verse 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Is that written in the Bible? Is that true? So get get ready. You will suffer persecution. I just want to have a bed of roses. Yeah, there's going to be some thorns with those roses. Persecution. Not sickness, not disease. Persecution. That's criticism. That's people shaming you for what you believe. That's people condemning you, labeling you. You go to that church. Yes, I do. How, how, you ever experienced that? How many people have experienced things like that? I've experienced that. But it doesn't matter. I have the Lord. I just, I just let the persecutor's words roll off my back like water off a duck's back when it takes off from a pond. Okay? But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Listen, if, if an evil person doesn't change, they're going to grow worse. All right, verse 14, you must continue in the things which you have learned. Everybody say continue. Christianity is not a life of start and stop. Christianity is going on, progressing, moving forward, no matter what happens along the way. I'm progressing, I'm moving forward, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to go through it, amen? It's not, a, it's not a life of start and stop. 
It's a, move, it's a, it's a life of progress. My goodness, God did not want his people camping outside the promised land. It wasn't God's will for them to be 40 years wandering around. 40 years. Oh, Ben, look at it, it's Big Ben again. How, how did they end up spending 40? It was their own words. It wasn't God's word. They went against God's word and did their own thing. See, when you go against God's word, you, you, you forfeit your destiny. When you go against God's word, you relinquish the blessing. It's never in your favor to go the opposite of God's word. You've got to go with God's word. Amen? Amen? Okay? Verse 14. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And from childhood you have known the holy. Why do we teach people, why do we teach kids the word? Because the Bible says so. Timothy was a young man who was taught the scriptures from a child. Oh, we just play games at our church. You better teach him the word. You can play games and teach the word. What a concept. Doesn't matter what you do as long as you teach the word. You can have fun while teaching the word. What did Timothy come out to be? He came out to be a pastor of the church of Ephesus. Why? Because he learned the scriptures from a child. From the child, from a child, he, he learned the greatness of God. He learned how good God was. He learned how faithful God was. He learned how awesome God was. And that sustained him to fulfill his ministry. Amen? From childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Do you know, if you go against the Word, you throw away faith. Because the Word is the source of faith. Verse 16. All Scripture. Everybody say all Scripture. Every word from Genesis to Revelation. Even the things that aren't nice are inspired by God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. This is God's word. And is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for teaching. For reproof. The word can correct you. Because this is the straight and narrow way, and sometimes we're crooked. And when, when someone who is crooked encounters the straight and narrow way, the crooked gets straightened out. The Holy Ghost is ironing, he's the iron. He'll, 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 he'll put some heat on those wrinkles, and he'll iron them out. Amen? And for correction. Oh, I thought I was right. Turns out you were wrong. How do you know I'm wrong? It's what the Bible says. This is the only, this is the only thing that, this is absolute truth. This can pick out a lie and a deception from 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 miles away. Listen, people may not know that you're lying, but God does. Because he knows the heart, he knows the motive, he knows your thoughts. 
You can fool people, but you can't fool God. And for it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be what? Complete, thoroughly equipped for what? Every good work. Say, I'm well equipped. What's our equipment? The word. What makes the word work? Holy Spirit. He's the teacher. He's the one who brings us into all truth. He's, he's our life coach. He shows us, hey, look at this scripture. Hey, have you read this? Hey, have you seen this? He's always showing us things in the Bible. Why? He agrees with the Bible with every word. He'll never go against the Bible. All right. Go to uh, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Now we get to the heart of the matter. Why did we look at it's what the Bible says? Because God wants us to be a doer of what it said. Joshua chapter 1. Very much quoted scripture. Verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. I kept emphasizing it's what the Bible says because that's what God wants us to do. I do what I do because it's what the Bible says. I live the way I live because it's what the Bible says. I give the way I give because it's what the Bible says. Are you with me? We want to be doers of what the word says, right? Okay. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law, Exodus, Leviticus, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, first five books. Imagine if the first five books can help you, what can the whole Bible do? Joshua didn't have the whole Bible. He had the one who wrote the first five books. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. How are you going to keep it in your mouth? Always talk about it. If you got up this morning and had breakfast, talk about it. It shall not depart from your mouth. The key to walking in faith is hearing the word. It's you hearing yourself speak the word. Speak the word. Everybody say, speak the word. Okay? That's what God told Joshua. How do we know he told Joshua? It's what the Bible says. There you go. Okay? You shall meditate in it day and night. If you're going to be always talking about it, the way to get it in your mouth is to get it in your mind and your heart. What digestion does to the body, meditation does to the spirit. Meditate in it how often? Everybody say day and night. I'm telling you, the Bible will keep you more regular than X-Lax. Everybody say day and night. Now, if you're not doing it day and night, you're falling short of what the Bible says. Don't be condemned, but change. Make a decision right now that you're going to do it day and night. We do other things day and night. Right? I brush my teeth day and night. I eat day and night. I certainly can read a scripture day and night. He's not telling you to read the whole Bible. Right? 
Take little bites. How do you eat the elephant? One bite at a time. Start with one bite. Amen? He's not telling you to have the whole pizza, but just have a slice. Okay? Meditate in it how often? Why should you meditate in it? That you may what? Observe to what? I may say to do. The reason you're meditating in the word and you're speaking the word is so that you do the word. That is the end result. You can't have success unless you're doing the word. You can't do the word without speaking it. You can't speak the word without meditating in it. And you meditate in it day and night to observe to do. Say, I'm a doer. doer. Say, I'm an active responder. I'm an active participant. In the Bible. Why? Because it's what the Bible says. That you may observe to do according to a few things that are written. Let me just pick and choose. Oh, look at this smorgasbord. God didn't give you a smorgasbord. He gave you a plate. Eat what's on your plate. A smorgasbord, you can pick and choose, but eat what's on your plate. Amen? You, you can't pick and choose which, which promise to obey. You can't pr- pick and choose which command to follow. I'll follow this one, but not follow that one. No, that you may observe to do all that is written. For then, everybody say then. Then can only occur after you're speaking, meditating, doing. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Go to Joshua chapter 8 verse 30. Why do we lay hands on the sick? what the Bible says. Why do we pray to the Father in Jesus' name? You guys got the picture. Joshua chapter 8 and verse 30. Look at this. Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. As Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded the children of Israel as it is written in the book of the law of Moses an altar of whole stones over which no man has wielded an iron tool and they offered it uh, on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace out. How did Joshua know how to build the altar? Because his mentor told him and it was written in the book. Amen. The Bible is the book of life. It will help you in every area of life. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. All right, let's go to the book of James. James, hallelujah. I'm still having a good time. James chapter 1. Why am I saying this today? It's what the Bible says. And, you know, we have a walking Bible. His name is Jesus. And we have a, a, a living encyclopedia on us. His name is Holy Spirit. He searches the deep things, the deep things of God, doesn't he? Why does he research the deep things of God? So that he can show you those deep things. How many would like to go deeper in God? How many would like to come up higher in God? Amen. Well, 
We're going to do it because it's what the Bible says. Right? James chapter 1, verse 21. James 1, 21. You know, if you're ready, if you're going to receive something new, you've got to give away something old. Isn't that right? I mean, you, you can't keep piling new on old, new on old, because eventually you run out of room. Right? So you got to give up some things. Verse 21, therefore, lay aside all filthiness, filthy mouth, filthy eyes, filthy hands, filthy feet. What are filthy feet? Feet that are swift to run to evil. Feet that are walking on the wrong path, doing the wrong thing, going the wrong way. How many know Jonah was going the wrong way? He was called the Nineveh, but he went the wrong way. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. (laughs) Some people got too much wickedness in them. They're overflowing. I'm not going to say what just came to my mind. Because it would require a plunger. (laughs) And receive with meekness the what? The engrafted word of God, which is what? Able to save your soul. Everybody say, receive with meekness. When you hear the word, and you, your, your first response is, yeah, I know, that's not meekness. With meekness means, yes, Lord. Okay. You're right. Because he's never wrong. Right? But when we say, I know... And it, we don't, we're not seeing the results of what you say you know. Then it doesn't matter what you know. It's what you show. Receive with meekness the engrafted or the implanted word. Which is able to save your souls. But he's talking to receivers. Be doers of the What? Not what? So we can't just sit and hear the word and hear the word and hear the word and never do it because that's not what God's desire. We have to hear the word so that we can do the word because what comes by hearing the word? Faith gives you the ability to do the word. Okay? Be doers of the word. Why do I have to do the word? It's what the Bible says. Not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Someone who hears the word and never does it is deceived, self-deceived. Guess what? The devil doesn't have to deceive you if you deceive yourself. If if you're not going to put into practice what the Bible teaches... You are, you are deceived. That's, that's a lot to take in, isn't it? I'm just a hearer. You're missing, you're, you're missing the boat. Hear, do. Hear, do. Hear, do. Not hair, do. Hear, do. Okay? Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer, what qualification do you need to be able to hear the word? 
Anyone can hear it. As long as you can hear. If you can't hear, then you can see. And if you, you, if you can't hear or speak, you can write. Amen? Okay? So anyone can be a hearer. And if, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. If you want the true picture of who you are, look to the mirror. The word of God is a mirror. It gives you the true, idem- the true image of who you are. We are. We're supposed to be identified with Christ. Why? What, did, what were you called after you got born again? A Christian. A Christ-like person. Because I've accepted Jesus, now I'm like Christ. I'm like Christ in nature. I'm like Christ with benefits. I'm, I'm a joint heir with him. Amen? I'm like Christ. So, someone... If I had three eggs this morning, I didn't have three eggs this morning because I don't normally eat before I preach. Because I don't want to give you a holy belch. Uh, so, let's just say I had three eggs this morning. And if I don't check myself in the mirror, I might have egg on my face. Here comes Pastor Doug. What's that on your face? You know, people are like pointing. I'm like, What? You know, they're trying to point out, they're trying to be nice about it, right? All I needed to do was look in the mirror, and I could have seen the image. But here's what happens when you don't do the word. You forget what the image looked like. Someone who hears the word and doesn't do it, it's like you look in the mirror and you forget what you look like. You walk away like, now what did I just see? A forgetful hearer. If you forget what you heard, you can't do it. Okay? Immediately, verse 24, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. I walk away from the mirror and I forget that I'm supposed to be like Christ. Well, if if you forget that you're supposed to be like Christ, who are you going to be like? Someone else. You're going to be like someone else. You're going to act like someone else. You're going to talk like someone else. Right? If you forget what you look like, if you forget the image, if you forget your identity, who am I? I'm a child of God. All right? He forgets what kind of man he was. Verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, there's the key. How do I not be a forgetful here? Continue. Everybody say next, please. Next what? Next scripture. Amen. How many know that the Christian life is a journey? Some people started their journey well, but they took a side road. They got, off, they got on the off-ramp, which was the wrong ramp. You know, the Bible says don't look to the right or to the left, right? Some people, they start off good, but for whatever reason, they left serving Christ. They stopped doing what the Bible says. When you stop doing what the Bible says, you can't receive its benefits. You can't obtain its promises, 
Why? It has to continue. You have to continue. The Christian life is a journey. It's not one instance. It's not one day. It's a lifetime. And we're supposed to live that life by faith. Now that we've found faith in Christ Jesus, we're supposed to live by faith. We're supposed to walk by faith every day. When you get up tomorrow, what does the word say? What do, what do you have for me, God? We're supposed to live by the word. Amen? Amen? He's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Doers are the ones that are blessed. How many want to be blessed? Then do what it says. Simple. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to do what it says. Fishermen did what it said. People recognized these fishermen laying hands on someone who was sick and paralyzed and getting them healed. And they said, these are unlearned and ignorant men, but they knew something. It was apparent to the world that they had been with Jesus. Who are you with when you're with Jesus? You're with the word. Because Jesus is the word. Him and the word are synonymous. Why do you think Mary was was enjoying the better part? She was sitting at the feet of the word. She put her life on hold for that brief moment so that she could get input from the word. And the word said, the word celebrated her decision. Amen? Amen? The word celebrated her decision. The word defended her decision. Martha was the one that was, had a problem. And she was trying to get the word to tell Mary what to do. The word doesn't tell people what to do based on your opinion. It has to be God's opinion. The word only shares God's opinion. Amen? You know, Jesus said, I'm not going to judge you, but the word will judge you. All right? So, what, are we, what do we need to be? We need to be doers of the word. All right, go to, go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And verse 45. I'm almost done. Why should a person repent? It's what the word says. Repentance is an announcement from the word that you're going the wrong way. You, you do what the GPS says. Why can't you do what God says? How many has ever made a U-turn based on what the GPS said? If we can listen to a GPS to make a U-turn, we can listen to God to make a U-turn. Amen? Luke 6, verse 45. I'm almost there. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit. How many good trees we got in here today? Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Okay. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For, for then, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. Everybody say the good treasure of the heart. What kind of investment are you making in the good treasure of your heart? 
What are you putting in the good treasure of your heart? We have, God says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What kind of treasure are you putting in your heart? Right? You gotta be putting good treasure in your heart for good fruit to come out. Okay? A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. Boy, isn't the Bible deep? No, it's actually, it's deep and it's simple. (laughs) Someone said the Bible is shallow enough that a kid won't drown, but it's deep enough where an elephant can swim. Amen? Amen. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When someone starts to gossip, what have they been putting in their heart? Gossip. They can't wait to talk about people when they're not there to defend themselves. When abuse comes out of a person, what have they been putting in their heart? Abuse. Right? When lies come out of a person, what have they been putting in their heart? Lies. Who's the father of lies? So someone who lies has been listening to the devil. Not God. Why? Because if it's coming out of your mouth, it had to get in your heart. And the only way things can get in your heart, you have control of what gets in your heart. It's what you focus on. It's what you listen to. It's what you talk about. Right? All right. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a doer of the word. So doing God's word comes from us depositing it in our hearts, being around it, hearing it, loving it, valuing it. You know, those who do God's word uh, value it. Uh, Go to John chapter 14. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. John 14. Look at verse 21. How many would like the Lord to manifest himself to you? We sang about it. We were all excited about singing about it. But here's how, here's how he does it. Here's the practical side. John 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and what? When the Bible says keep, it's also speaking of doing. Okay? Because God's word is practical. It is he who loves me. So, how do we show our love to God? By doing what the Bible says. That's how we show our love for God. That's proof of our love. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Woo! Jesus is saying, my Father loves you. Why? Because you're a doer. Of his word. You do his word. You came to church today because you're going to hear something that you need to do. You came to church today because you're eager to do it. You came to church today because if I do it, I get success. I get prosperity. I get victory. Amen? It's true. 
and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. How, do you, how does God manifest himself? He manifests himself to those who do the word. So if you're doing the word, you, you have the manifested presence of God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Okay. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Good question, right? Verse 23, Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Hallelujah. Is it hard to get God to manifest himself to you? No. Now, I had this prepared this morning. It's something that I have, but I'm going to give you Jesus in every book of the Bible. I'm going to finish with this. Are you excited about doing the word? We saw in the beginning how everything that Jesus did, everything he said, he did it because it was written about him. He he actually, everything about his ministry was him performing the word of the Father, doing the will of the Father. And God's word and his will are synonymous. Okay? So Jesus in every book of the Bible. All right? In Genesis, Jesus is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's our Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our great high priest. In Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. Now, this may cause excitement. You, you, You are permitted to express your excitement however you'd like to. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's our judge and lawgiver. In the book of Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's our reigning king. In Ezra, he's the rebuilder of the broken down walls of human life. In Esther, he is our Mordecai. In Job, he is our ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he is our loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch. In in Lamentations, he's our weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fire. Hallelujah. In Hosea, he's the faithful husband, forever married to a backslider. In Joel, he's the the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is mighty to save. In Jonah, he is our great foreign missionary. In Micah, he's the messenger of beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he's God, he is God's evangelist crying, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In Zephaniah, he is our savior. 
In Haggai, he's the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he's the fountain opened up in the house of David for sin and uncleanness. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he's the king of the Jews. In Mark, he is the servant. In Luke, he's the son of man, feeling what you feel. In John, he is the son of God. In Acts, he is the savior of the world. In Romans, he is righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, he's the rock that followed Israel. In 2 Corinthians, he's the triumphant one, giving victory. In Galatians, he is your liberty, he sets you free. In Ephesians, he is the head of the church. In the Philippians, he is your joy. In Colossians, he is your completeness. In First and Second Thessalonians, he is your hope. In First Timothy, he is your faith. In Second Timothy, he is your stability. In Philemon, he is your benefactor. In Titus, he is truth. In Hebrews, he is your perfection. In James, he is the power behind your faith. In 1 Peter, he is your example. In 2 Peter, he is your purity. In 1 John, he is your life. In 2 John, he is your pattern. In 3 John, he is your motivation. In Jude, he is the foundation of your faith. In Revelation, he is your coming king. He is the first and the last the beginning and the end. He's the keeper of creation and creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and manager of all times. He always was. He always is. He always will be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He was risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. It's what the Bible says. The world can't understand him. No army can defeat him. The schools can't explain him. And leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. And the people couldn't, or, or, yeah, the people couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him, Hitler couldn't silence him, New Age can't replace him, and Oprah can't explain him away. He is light, love, longevity, and Lord. He is goodness, kindness, gentleness, and God. He is holy, righteous, mighty, powerful, and pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging. His mind is on me. He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord. He rules my life. He is the living word. He is the word made flesh. He is the word of God come that was animated for us to watch and to see and to learn from. He came to demonstrate the will of the Father. He came to show us how to live a victorious life. He came to show us how to overcome the enemy. Hallelujah. That is Jesus. He lives in us. He is for you, not against you. If God be for you, who can be against you? That's the God we serve. He is alive and well. 
He is real. He walked this earth and he's coming back again. Hallelujah. And today, he is here to bring life. He is here to heal. He is here to touch. He is here to help. He is here to comfort. He comforts all those who mourn. He turns, he specializes in turning sorrow into dancing. You could go from weeping to cutting a jig in just like that. Some of you need to cut a jig. What's a jig? It's just getting up and moving your feet. Some of you need to cut a jig. I'm telling you right now. Why did she cut a jig? It's what the word says. David danced before the Lord. That's recorded in scripture. Some of y'all need to rise up to victory. Some of you need to rise up to victory. You've been experiencing defeat. It's time to stand for victory. Rise and be healed. Rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Some of you need to rejoice. Now, that's just not making a loud noise. That's jumping up and spinning about wildly. Hallelujah. That means like, woo, woo, woo. I mean, can we really contain how good God is? His joy is unspeakable and full of glory. We've got his blood and his power running through our veins. He gave us the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is living on the inside of us. He is with us and he is in us. And he is for us. Hallelujah. You cannot be defeated as long as you don't quit. Glory to God. Now, the greatest thing that we could do with Jesus, well, two things. Number one, live for him. Number two, share him with others. Jesus did not come so that we could be selfish with his goodness. He came so that we could share his love and his goodness with others. Amen. Hallelujah. If you need something from God today, you need to have hands laid on you. I want you to raise your hands. And I just want you in your, in your heart to ask God for what you need. He hears you. Amen. And he'll give it to you. Hallelujah. But you believe that you receive it right now. Say, I believe I receive whatever it is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You, you've, you've been given the word. Now it's time to receive what you've been given. Amen. It's time to be a doer of the word. Act like you're healed. Act like you're strong. Act like you, you can stand up straight. Act like it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what the word says to do. I'm doing it because the word says it. It's what the Bible says. Five words. Greatest five words of the week. Hallelujah. It's what the Bible says. You, the, the good thing of it is, you can do whatever the Bible says. You can have whatever the Bible says. You can be whatever the Bible says. Hallelujah. Can't you see I'm wearing the word? You're wearing the word? We need to put on the word. 
Bible says to put on Christ. Why? He's the word. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Say, I put on Christ. Christ is the center of my life. He's the source of